given the perceived threat that he poses, should President Trump, in your estimation, remain in office? I've been saying for now well over a year, he is not fit to serve. He's one of the most incompetent presidents in the history of the United States of America. And so the idea that I think he shouldn't be out of office yesterday is not the issue. The question is, what happens with 14 days left to go or 13 days left to go? Great question. Let's talk about it, Mr. President-elect. By the way, it's only 12 days, but who's counting? Well, I don't know why I came here tonight. I got the feeling that something ain't right. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yes, I'm stuck in the middle with you. From Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles, this is the broadcast as heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in LA. Also in California and Red Bluff and Redding on KFOI, Round Mountains KKRN, and Eureka's KGOE. Up in Oregon on the Central Coast on KYAQ, Cottage Grove's KSO, Eugene's KEPW. In Lancaster, Pennsylvania on WLRI, Maui, Hawaii's KAKU, Columbus, Ohio's WGRN. In Palinville, New York on WLPP. In Rochester, New York on WRFZ. Down in New Orleans on WHIV. Out in Gallup, New Mexico on KNIZ. In Concord, New Hampshire on WNHN, Fayetteville, Arkansas's KPSQ, in Seattle on KODX, and Janesville, Wisconsin's WADR, and Minneapolis, St. Paul's AM950 KTNF. We also stream coast-to-coast and around the globe every day on the Internet, on the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Radio for Humans, FYI Nation, NicoleSandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, Workforce Rising, No Lies Radio, Deprogrammed Radio, Verdant Square Radio, and Detour Talk. Blanketing planet Earth five days a week, I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, and all-around swell fellow, says me, from bradblog.com. Thank you very much for joining us today. Here's the news. Donald Trump will remain president at most at this point for another 12 days. Joe Biden's comments about 13 or 14 notwithstanding. 12 days until Inauguration Day when Joe Biden and Kamala Harris will be sworn into office. Whether Trump will still be president by then is right now a very live question as we go to air this hour. We do know, however, that Trump will not be at the inauguration, as he has uh, said as much on Twitter on Friday. And reports are that he and his clan are planning to bug out on January 19th, the day before Inauguration Day. Good Riddance. Don't let the screen door hit you on the way out. There you go. Uh, by the way, good riddance is exactly what the American Federal uh, Federation of Teachers said in their two-word press release statement <laughs> on Thursday night after the news that Trump's education secretary, Betsy DeVos, had uh, joined the growing ranks of Trump mobsters falling over themselves uh, trying to get to the exits right around now. So, yeah, 
Welcome to the Bradcast. Flags are flying today at half-staff, sadly, at the Capitol building after a U.S. Capitol police officer was declared dead on Thursday night. He is said to have died from injuries sustained when he engaged with the pro-Trump mob that descended on the U.S. Capitol the day before, according to a statement from Capitol Police. Officer Brian Sicknick died at about 9.30 p.m. on Thursday night. He had been with the agency since 2008. The officer was responding to the riots on Wednesday and was injured while physically engaging with protesters, according to the agency. Although officials did not immediately elaborate on his injuries or how he interacted with the crowd, according to the New York Times, after sustaining his injuries, Sicknick returned to his division office, collapsed, and was taken to the hospital. The officer's death brings the death toll uh, from the violent raid and attempted insurrection of the U.S. Capitol as incited moments before by the President of the United States himself on Wednesday, now to five. One of the people participating in the pro-Trump rampage, Ashley Babbitt, was shot and killed by a Capitol Police officer as she climbed through a broken window to the Speaker's lobby. Three other people died, according to police, after experiencing apparent medical emergencies around the Capitol. One of them was reportedly trampled to death. President Trump, who was uh, who has pretended for years to support the men and women of law enforcement, did not even bother to mention Officer Sicknick in the morning. He uh, posted on Twitter on Friday about, uh, quote, 75 million great American patriots who voted for me. That number, in fact, was far closer to 74 million. But uh, in any event, the officer's death certainly raises the increasingly perilous legal danger that Donald Trump now finds himself in just days before leaving office. Homicide investigators from the Metropolitan Police Department are said to be involved in this case now. Officials say that some 50 police officers were injured as this mob swarmed barricades, threw objects, battered doors, smashed windows, stole computer equipment, perhaps uh, secure documents out of offices around the uh, around the Capitol and overwhelmed the officers who tried to resist the advancing crowd. The wreckage left behind by the mob that rampaged through the Capitol on Wednesday was is reportedly extensive. In case you were wondering what type of folks these people are and if they were actually there at the Capitol to fight for voting rights and ensure a clean election. Well, a memorial set up to honor former Congressman John Lewis, the civil rights icon and pioneer who died just months ago, was destroyed with a photograph of, uh, of Congressman Lewis, uh, who spilled bl uh, bl his blood in the fight for voting rights, completely destroyed, torn into pieces, according to a longtime Capitol Hill staffer who was inside at the time of the attack. Are you surprised, Desi Doyen? I am not surprised at all. I'm disgusted. It is obscene. But I have to say I am uh, very, very thankful for the brave journalists who went in unarmed to document what was happening. As noted, the death, 
the murder, the manslaughter, whatever it's determined to be of the uh, Capitol Hill police officer, now raises the personal legal stakes right now for Donald J. Trump at a moment that his political fortunes uh, are reported to be even more tenuous right now with each passing hour. Speaker Nancy Pelosi on Friday morning said that the House will move to impeach President Trump over his role in inciting that violent mob attack at the Capitol if he does not resign, quote, immediately. She appealed to Republicans to join the push to force him from office, invoking the time that Republicans helped encourage Richard Nixon to leave office during Watergate, calling Trump's actions, quote, a horrific assault on our democracy. You think Republicans will take uh, Nancy Pelosi up on that, Des? Sadly, it's an open question. Today, uh, she writes, following the president's dangerous and seditious acts, Republicans in Congress need to follow that example, call on Trump to depart his office immediately. She wrote, if the president does not leave office immediately, imminently and willingly, the Congress will proceed with our action. Uh, she sounds serious. Pelosi also said she had spoken with General Mark Milley, the chair of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, about preventing an unstable president from initiating military hostilities or accessing the nuclear launch codes. A spokesman for Milley confirmed that the two had indeed spoken, said the general, quote, had answered her questions regarding the process of nuclear command authority. Some Defense Department officials, however, privately expressed anger that political leaders seem to be trying to get the Pentagon to do the work of Congress and cabinet secretaries who actually have legal options to remove a president from office. Trump, they noted, is still the commander in chief, and unless he is removed, the military is bound to follow his lawful orders, whatever they may be. Yeah, including launching nuclear weapons upon his order with no review uh, necessary within the existing chain of command structure. That's something that ought to be looked at uh, pretty damn soon, at, you know, before or after Donald Trump leaves office at this point. While military officials can refuse to carry out orders that they view as illegal, they can't proactively remove the president from the chain of command. So if he gives the orders, that is that. If they don't, that would be a military coup, according to the officials. The letter from Pelosi came as momentum for impeachment is rapidly growing. On Friday, uh, um, the rank-and-file uh, Democrats we're really beginning to push for this action across the party's ideological spectrum. And even a handful of Republicans are now offering potential support for the removal of the president. Senator Ben Sass, Republican of Nebraska, said he would, quote, definitely consider what whatever articles they might move. Because I believe the president has disregarded his oath of office. He told CBS that Trump, quote, swore an oath to the American people to preserve, protect and defend the Constitution. He acted against that, says Republican Senator Sass. So, yeah, as delighted as we all are that Donald Trump will no longer be president in just under two weeks time. He still presents a unique, clear and present danger to the nation and the world over the next week and a half or so. 
We will be discussing that clear and present danger and what can now be done about it with just days left in his presidency and what should be done thereafter with a former federal prosecutor who will join us momentarily, who even before Wednesday's riot at the Capitol had already issued a new call on Tuesday for Trump to be impeached a second time during the few weeks that Trump has left in office and for a very specific reason. He'll be joining us momentarily to discuss all of that as events continue to move very quickly right now. First, however, as we reported, uh, this was likely coming a week or two ago after Dominion voting systems began sending legal notices and warnings to Team Trump attorneys and right-wing media outlets like Fox News and Newsmax and One America News, whatever that thing is called, OAN. The private Canadian-based voting system vendor is now beginning to make good on their threats. Dominion Voting Systems on Friday filed a defamation lawsuit against Team Trump lawyer Sidney Powell, demanding more than $1.3 billion billion in damages for the havoc that it says Powell has caused by spreading, quote, wild and demonstrably false allegations including that Dominion played a central role in a fantastical scheme to steal the 2020 election from Donald Trump. For weeks, Powell has been claiming that Dominion was established with communist money in Venezuela to enable ballot stuffing and other vote manipulation, and that those abilities were then harnessed to rig the election for former Vice President Joe Biden. Now, here I must note again, that this false tie to Venezuela that Powell has been pushing is based on a wild, bastardized, completely reimagined version of my own accurate, correct, original deep dive investigative reporting at bradblog.com from about 2008 to 2010. I will try to link to some of it when I post tonight's show. But the point is what I reported Regarding Dominion and two other companies who were both competitors of Dominion and their ties to Venezuela was accurate and correct. What Sidney Powell has turned it all into now is not correct, and it is why she is being sued and I was not. <laughs> I've heard from a bunch of uh, mostly wingnuts over the past couple of months since Election Day uh, claiming that I was some kind of a hypocrite for calling Dominion out 10 years ago, but not doing so now. <clears throat> but of course, I, I did uh, I, I did not call them out 10 years ago for what these loons are now pretending that they did. And I have continued to call out Dominion plenty for their terrible, unverifiable touchscreen voting systems forced on voters by Georgia's Republican Secretary of State for the first time in 2020. If you've been listening to the show over the past uh, several years, you know that. You're probably sick of hearing about it. But I was also doing that uh, for years uh, prior to these election to this election day, before these clocks ever even heard the words Dominion voting systems. And yes, I will continue to call out their unverifiable 
and even their verifiable systems uh, whenever they fail. And by the way, yes, I still maintain that there is no place for private vendors in our public election system. All right, so with that out of the way, in their 124-page complaint filed in the U.S. District Court for uh, D.C., Dominion said that its reputation and resale value have been deeply damaged by a, quote, viral disinformation campaign that Powell mounted, quote, to financially enrich herself, to raise her public profile and to ingratiate herself to Donald Trump. Yeah, that sounds about right. The defendants named in the lawsuit include Powell, her law firm, and Defending the Republic is the organization that she set up to solicit donations to support these phony election-related lawsuits. In an interview with The Washington Post, the CEO of Dominion, John Paulus, said the lawsuit aims to clear his company's name through a full airing of the facts about the 2020 election and says he would like the case to go to trial rather than settle. Cool. So far, I have not yet been uh, subpoenaed to testify (laughs) in that trial. I hope that I am not. I suspect I won't be because I don't know if Dominion's going to like what I have to say about them. Uh, But in any event, uh, L. Lynn Wood, this uh, lawyer who has been working with Powell on uh, post-election lawsuits, he's uh, become a hero among folks on the right. He also appears to have very serious... Uh, and sad mental problems, frankly. He says that he is representing Powell in connection to the defamation matters. He called the lawsuit an attempted quote, uh, an attempt to quote, censor speech or try to intimidate people from telling the truth. Okay, Uh, and while I am not in the business of advising Sidney Powell about anything, my first piece of advice would be to get a new lawyer, a real one, uh, and fast, as I suspect she likely will soon, if if she can find one willing to work with her at this point. As Powell's accusations about Dominion spread after the election, the company's employees were stalked and harassed, received death threats via email and text and phone. One text message said, quote, we are already watching you. This was a text message to one Dominion employee, according to the Dominion complaint, which also included, quote, come clean and you will live. This was one of the threats uh, sent to one of the Dominion employees, thanks in no small part to Sidney Powell, Linwood, Donald Trump, Rudy Giuliani, and the rest of them who all deserve to be sued by this company for defamation. They say they have spent more than a half a million dollars on protection for their own personnel since the election at news conferences, political rallies and on conservative media outlets like Newsmax and Fox News. According to The New York Times, uh, Powell has for months falsely accused Dominion of working with a bizarre cast of characters from the financier George Soros to uh, Venezuelan intelligence agents. The allegations have been contained in four federal lawsuits that Powell filed across the country, all of which have been dismissed by the judges that heard them, roundly dismissed. Dominion also demanded that she retract her baseless statements that Dominion paid kickbacks to officials in Georgia for no-bid contracts and then manipulated votes in a, quote, effort to rig the 2020 election. Here I should also note, 
We have been highly critical for several years now uh, of those Georgia officials that Powell was referring to. Uh, the officials who selected Dominion's unverifiable touchscreens for use in 2020 after the lawsuit by the Coalition for Good Governance successfully resulted in Georgia's previous 20-year-old unverifiable Diebold touchscreen voting systems being banned in the state by a federal judge who called them insecure, unverifiable, and therefore unconstitutional. Dominion, uh, their voting systems may still face the same fate. Their new ones as that lawsuit is still ongoing, as we have discussed many times on this show with plaintiff Marilyn Marks, the founder and uh, director of the coalition. To my knowledge, however, there is no evidence whatsoever that Republican Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger, who selected the machines, or Republican Governor Brian Kemp, who suppressed voters under the previous system, uh, when he served as Secretary of State, there is no evidence that any of them, to my knowledge, received kickbacks from any company, despite Powell's claims that she went on and made, not on behalf of a client, but she went on TV and made these outrageous claims, outrageous claims that for a, uh, a short four or five minutes uh, led Donald Trump to pretend she was not involved in his legal efforts. After receiving the warning letter from Dominion, according to the Times, Powell didn't retract her claims as the company had demanded. Instead, the lawsuit says she doubled down, sending a tweet to her more than one million followers that she had, quote, evidence that fraud occurred in the election even after four judges uh, in various uh, states' uh, elections uh, and state election officials, I, I meant to say, uh, repeatedly debunked her claims. What she called evidence, the suit says, includes declarations from a motley crew of conspiracy theorists, con artists, armchair experts, and anonymous sources who were judicially determined to be, quote, wholly unreliable. I also agree with that. The uh, suit notes, for example, that one of Powell's so-called sources was a, quote, military intelligence expert who later admitted that he never, in fact, worked in military intelligence. And he acknowledged that Powell's law clerks had written and convinced him to sign a, quote, misleading declaration that he had. Dominion has suggested that it may sue others as well. Please do. Please do. Last month, the company sent a series of letters to people, including Rudy Giuliani, who led Trump's post-election legal campaign, if you can call it that, and right-wing media figures like Lou Dobbs and Sean Hannity. Yes, sue them, too, demanding that they keep any evidence relevant to the suit. And company representatives have also said Dominion has not ruled out suing Donald Trump as well. Good. Please do. Trump and his allies lost dozens of their own lawsuits uh, challenging the election. They brought Powell back into the inner circle at one point discussing the possibility of naming her as a special counsel to investigate voter fraud. That, of course, is just one more legal headache that may be ahead for the president of the United States right now. But it may be the least of his worries at the moment, as there is a very real push right now to force him out of office. Immediately, 
and there are many who wish to ensure that he faces accountability for a long list of both federal and state crimes that he may be forced to answer to. As of, well, I don't know, 12.01 p.m. Wednesday, January 20th at the latest, just after President-elect Biden becomes the next president of the United States. One of the folks fighting to ensure accountability for this criminal president, a former federal prosecutor, Ben Clements, joins me next on the broadcast. I'm Brad Friedman. Don't touch that dial. The Bradcast and the Green News Report are 100% independent, 100% listener supported. But we can't do it alone. We need you. Please help us bring real facts to listeners at independent stations around the nation. Please drop by bradblog.com donate. That's bradblog.com donate. And thanks. Kind of turning into a ghost town at the White House right around now. Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. After inciting a mob of his angry supporters to attack the Capitol, President Trump attempted to backtrack on Thursday night by posting a video of him woodenly acknowledging his electoral defeat. Sort of and suddenly denouncing the violent insurrection he helped to instigate just one day earlier. But according to a report by The New York Times today, he reportedly only did so, only made that video in an attempt to avoid potentially being held legally accountable for the riot. The Times reports that Trump did not want to make the speech at all at first and was only convinced to do so after White House counsel warned him on Wednesday night that he could face a criminal investigation for actively encouraging his supporters to storm the Capitol in a clash that left at least five people, uh, now including a Capitol Hill police officer, dead. Only then did Trump reluctantly agree to tape a video, which many remarked appeared uh, not unlike a forced hostage video, condemning his supporters' attack, even though he had privately enjoyed it. According to The Times, he had previously issued a statement praising the insurrectionists as, quote, very special and telling them, quote, we love you. In a video that was removed by Twitter and resulted in his account being locked for a number of hours, The social media company has since shamefully restored his access to the account where he made this uh, rather wooden video. The president in that hostage video on Thursday night claimed that his, quote, focus now turns to ensuring a smooth, orderly and seamless transition of power and that this moment calls for healing and reconciliation. He and the White House happened to post the video just several hours after acting U.S. attorney for the District of Columbia, Michael Sherwin, left the door open for a potential criminal investigation into Trump, saying, quote, we are looking at all actors here and anyone that had a role. If the evidence evidence fits the element of a crime, 
They are going to be charged, he said. Trump's attempt to pretend his way out of the mess that he created for himself also comes after about a dozen staffers, now including two cabinet members, the wife of Mitch McConnell, Elaine Chao, who headed up the Department of Transportation, and Education Secretary Betsy DeVos, who says she's had enough as of the siege of the Capitol, though only after four employees of Blackwater, a paramilitary security company owned by her own brother, Eric Prince, were pardoned by the president recently for their roles in the war crimes massacre of more than a dozen Iraqi civilians some years ago. So as the rats are leaving Trump's sinking ship, um, after years of fealty to him, Uh, Some are, well, trying to save themselves, trying to save the president. It's unclear. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo and Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin, two rats who are still on board, reportedly held informal discussions with staffers on having Trump removed from office through the 25th Amendment after he instigated that violent insurrection at the Capitol on Wednesday, according to CNBC. The top Trump officials, however, ultimately decided against invoking that constitutional provision, reportedly due to concerns of angering the president's base and that there wouldn't be enough time to carry out the proceedings before he has to leave office on January 20 anyway. A former official... Uh, familiar with the discussions, told CNBC that, quote, the general plan now is to let the clock run out. He says there will be a reckoning for this president, but it doesn't doesn't need to happen in the next 13 days. Democrats, meanwhile, have been pressuring Vice President Mike Pence and the cabinet to invoke the 25th Amendment ever since Trump inspired his supporters to take over the Capitol building on Wednesday. During a press conference on Thursday, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi warned of a potential second impeachment for Trump if Pence and cabinet secretaries refuse to have the president removed. On Friday, she called for Trump's immediate resignation or vowed that articles of impeachment would be filed for a second time on Monday. But before that siege on Wednesday this past week at the Capitol, on Tuesday, our friends John Bonifaz, Ron Fine, and Ben Clements, longtime attorneys with the nonpartisan, nonprofit, good government accountability group, Free Speech for People, were already calling for Trump's second impeachment. As usual, they were ahead of the crowd. On Sunday, they wrote in a Boston Globe op-ed on Tuesday, America heard a recording of a phone call in which President Trump pressured Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger to, quote, find 11,780 votes to reverse the state's presidential election result. Yes, that also happened over this past week. In case, like me, you had already pretty much completely forgotten about that stunning recording in which the president tried to convince Georgia's top election official to change election results to steal the election in the peach state for Donald Trump. Uh, Clements, Bonifaz and Fine write, some say we should focus on moving forward and putting this presidency in the rear view forever. 
But for the survival of our constitutional democracy, they wrote, again, before the Trump riot on Capitol Hill, Congress must impeach him again, and this time, they say, disqualify him from future federal office. Joining us now is one of the three authors of that op-ed. Ben Clements is board chair and senior legal advisor at Free Speech for People, and perhaps uh, even more importantly today is a former federal prosecutor and an attorney in both the private and public sectors for more than 30 years with an expertise in constitutional law. Welcome back to the broadcast, Mr. Clements. Thank you, Brad. Good to be with you. Ah, boy. All right. There was a lot to cover in that intro. But again, uh, kudos for being ahead of the crowd for uh, jumping in and calling for impeachment, a second impeachment, even before what we saw on Wednesday at the Capitol. Let me pick up where your op ed does on the need to impeach Trump. Uh, Why is an impeachment with just two weeks left so important to you and John and Ron as you see it? Well, for for several reasons, uh, Brad. Uh, you know, at the at the time we wrote uh, the op-ed, we were only dealing with the the first major set of felonies that the president uh, committed this week um, in the effort to falsify the Georgia election results in his favor. Um, at this point, we we obviously have uh, a, a second set of felonies in connection with his incitement of seditious mob on. Congress, um, which creates uh, an even greater urgency. Mm-hmm. Um, but the uh, initial concern and the main point of our article uh, is that th- there is really, for the most part, only one sure way to ensure that Donald Trump is not permitted to again run for office in this country, as indeed he is grossly unfit, we all know now, uh, to hold any office, let alone the presidency of the United States. And that way is through the impeachment power. Congress has the power to impeach, and if the Senate convicts, uh, a officer can be removed, which is what people most associate with impeachment, mm-hmm. but they can also be disqualified from ever holding federal office again. And so that, uh, aside from the removal, which is uh, now needed more urgently than ever, um, there is the need to disqualify him, uh, to prevent him from running in 2024 uh, or for running for anything else uh, at any time uh, in the federal government. Is, is being barred from holding future uh, federal office, is that automatically a part of a successful impeachment? In other words, if uh, last uh, February the Senate had voted to remove him, would he automatically be barred from uh, holding office in the future, or is that something they have to specifically state in uh, articles of impeachment? They do have to specifically... Well, it doesn't have to be specifically stated in the articles of impeachment. Mm-hmm. So the Articles of Impeachment set forth the basis for the impeachment. It sets forth the high crimes and misdemeanors. And then um, removal tends to be automatic, uh, although technically what, what happens is the Senate votes whether or not to convict. Mm-hmm. And so the, the first thing is for the Senate to vote, and you need a two-thirds vote to convict on the uh, impeachment charges. Mm-hmm. And then there is what, what is sort of the equivalent to in criminal law, sentencing. And so 
sentencing typically automatically in, in an impeachment context will include removal, but then the Senate needs to specifically vote and approve language that disqualifies uh. the official uh, from holding office again. Okay, so that is, that's, I guess, the step that we did not get to at the beginning of the year, that sentencing part where we would have uh, learned about that. So Exactly. Had the Senate done their duty or, or had the 52 members of, of the Republicans in the Senate done their duty rather than uh, sided with and enabled Donald Trump uh, to continue to tear down the nation and bring us what we saw earlier this week, Mm -hmm. um, they would have then taken the next step of, are they going to just remove him or are they also going to disqualify him from future office? Got it. And just since I mentioned uh, how you guys, as usual, were ahead of the curve, uh, Desi Doyen came across some of this audio from... uh, uh, a, a younger Ben Clements back in February of 2020. Uh, we were all much younger then, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, saying this, I think in front of the uh, was this in in Boston at the at the courthouse? I, I believe it was it was actually a, a rally on the Boston Common, uh, and I think I was uh, a, a, on the steps of the Boston, of the Massachusetts State House. Here's uh, Ben Clements rabble rousing February 6, 2020, right after uh, uh, I guess uh, Trump had been acquitted. Guilty, 52 guilty, senators guilty. who adopted that sick, twisted, and self-destructive logic today in voting not to remove Donald Trump. For all of them, they are no longer just his enablers. They are his co-conspirators. Well, uh, you nailed that one, Ben. Uh, that said, is there any reason to believe those co-conspirators would be any less co-conspiratory uh, if there was a second impeachment at this point? Well, uh, there may be. Uh, I- I'm not going to be overly optimistic. It, it-, it does take two-thirds um, to convict, mm-hmm. uh, as we know. Um, on the other hand, uh, there have thankfully been uh, some changes in the Senate, but the biggest impact of those changes is not so much that there are now a relatively small number closer to the number you needed just on the Democratic side, mm-hmm. but that the Democrats will control the Senate, and, and Chuck Schumer, of course, mm-hmm. uh, is, is going to be the Senate uh, majority leader, um, and so they will control the process mm-hmm. and the trial of impeachment. Uh, and, and so that that is a, a very different situation than what we had a year ago yep. when uh, the Ukraine extortion, election interference, impeachment articles were delivered to the Senate. We didn't have a real trial. We had a sham trial. Yep. The, there was essentially no evidence presented in the Senate, and they, they simply railroaded it to a vote to acquit. Mm-hmm. Um, that one had happened this time. You're right. This time, uh, the the Senate could hold a real trial and put a lot more pressure on people on the Republican side of the fence to decide: Are they going to stand up and vote to acquit someone who waged war on our democracy and incited the seditious mob? Uh, and I had completely forgotten about uh, about that part, piecing that together since the uh, Democrats have just gained a uh, controlling majority just days ago that, yeah, at this point, 
I guess it only takes a, a majority vote, uh, presumably a uh, the vice president, Kamala Harris, eventually would would be able to break that tie to call for witnesses in an actual trial now exactly which which really could could be a game changer might have been a game changer back in uh january and february but now for sure now ben uh, i know that people are you know thinking here well this timeline is impossible this entire process before january 20th by the way kamala harris wouldn't even be vice president before then but it's not actually necessary as you note in your op-ed that this all be done by January 20. In fact, uh, impeachment proceedings can take place even after a president is out of office? Well, that's correct. And, and in fact, there, there is historical precedent uh, of impeachment articles being brought against a federal official who, in an effort to avoid being impeached and convicted, promptly resigned uh, before the House could actually vote on the impeachment articles, uh, but the House went ahead uh, and voted on the impeachment anyway, uh, and then it, it went to the Senate, and there was, in fact, a trial. So, yes, the precedent is clear that even once his term is over, Trump can still be impeached, and he can be convicted in the Senate, and he could, there'd no longer, obviously, be the need for removal, mm. um, but he then could uh, be disqualified from holding federal office ever again. And uh, as as you note, the makeup of the Senate it will be a little bit different, and some of the Republicans may be feeling different as well. I'm just getting this breaking news, Ben, from AP, saying that Republican Senator Lisa Murkowski tells an Alaska newspaper that Trump should resign, saying, quote, I want him out. That would seem to underscore the idea that uh, there could be a very different, uh, uh, you know, a sense of thought amongst Republicans uh, if, in fact, Donald Trump is put on trial once again in the Senate. Uh, you also note that uh, in your Boston Globe op-ed, um, a renewed impeachment would also put Congress in a stronger position to challenge a potential presidential self-pardon. Now, I would argue that I believe, in my opinion, it is pretty much ironclad guarantee that he is going to self-pardon himself, or at least he is going to try. Um, he's going to attempt. Yeah, yes. he's going to uh, try. Perhaps he will attempt, uh, although uh, I, I certainly don't believe, and, and I think uh, most legal constitutional scholars uh, would agree with me that such an attempt would be invalid and not of any legal effect. Mm. Well, I hope you're right about that. How would a how would a renewed impeachment, as you describe it, uh, put Congress in a stronger position to challenge that self-pardon? Well, in, in a couple ways. One, the Constitution does specifically uh, provide that pardons in the case of impeachment are not available, and that uh, is language that uh, has not been fully interpreted. And there are there are arguments that um, not only uh, does that prevent a president from pardoning someone against, including himself and others, against uh, the consequences of impeachment and removal, but that it also limits the authority to issue pardons that relate to um, impeachment proceedings. And, mm -hmm. and so to the extent we're talking about overlapping charges mm -hmm. between the impeachment uh, and um, criminal charges, uh, that would be an additional reason why the pardon mm. um, uh, could be uh, invalid. 
Um, and also, of course, if they succeed in removing him, although, as you point out, that's unlikely in the next 14 days, uh, once he's removed, he's no longer in a position uh, to, to pardon anybody. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's one of the reasons why you're saying this time when they impeach him again, they should do it for a whole long laundry list of things that if they are included, I guess that would make it more complicated for him to self-pardon. Ben, I've got just a a couple more minutes here. Let me hit a few more points quickly Uh, on Thursday night. A uh, Capitol Police officer uh, died following the confrontations with the uh, Trump uh, attempted insurgent uh, insurgency on Wednesday. Does that make Donald Trump an accessory to uh, murder or manslaughter uh, or whatever it's determined to be as you see it? And is that even an impeachable offense or is that a separate criminal matter entirely? Well, it may it may well be both, Brad. Um, cer- certainly. As the U.S. attorney in the District of Columbia has acknowledged, they, they are, uh, he, he tells us, uh, investigating all possible responsible parties uh, mm-hmm. for this seditious attack on Congress. And, and he, he included, uh, when asked, the president in that group. And there is very well-established federal law that when you participate in a, in a conspiracy, or when you aid and abet crime, but but particularly when you engage in a conspiracy, you can be held legally responsible for the foreseeable acts of your co-conspirators. And I don't think there's any question that when you look at the speech that Trump gave to those people who attacked Congress yesterday, and you look at what he has said on on his Twitter feed uh, in, in recent days and weeks, and you look at his promotion of violence in general, uh, over the last four years, uh, it was absolutely foreseeable that the people that he conspired with, that he urged to attack Congress, would engage in violence uh, and, and that people could be killed. So, yes, I think it's a very real live question whether the president is liable for those deaths. Did you get the sense, uh, as I described that hostage video he released on, uh, on Thursday night, did you get the, uh, the sense that that was sort of a, a CYA video that he was trying to uh, put out after getting scared about exactly that? A hundred percent. And, of course, you're exactly right to contrast it uh, with the video that he made uh, the day before mm-hmm. a- after after having watched, apparently, reportedly with glee, uh, as his mob attacked Congress, he told them all uh, that he loved them and that they're very special people. So his efforts to condemn them uh, in the hostage tape the next night uh, are, are, are not credible. Uh, and it, it's quite clear whether, whether it's that he thinks or his lawyers think that that might help him avoid a criminal rap, or whether he was told that he needs to get up there and do that, or they're going to invoke the 25th Amendment, uh, it seems pretty clear that he, he was coerced into making that tape. And I guess anybody who might have coerced him in some way, presuming it wasn't his, his lawyer, but uh, family members or anybody else who, who told him, hey, you have to make this video, uh, I guess they could be called into court uh, or even into an impeachment to explain why it was he made that video and why, you know, what they told him in the bargain. Ben, looking forward, 
Uh, beyond the moment uh, right now, the uh, p- potential of the 25th Amendment, the potential of impeachment. Beyond that, Free Speech for People released a public letter today, I believe, calling on Judge Merrick Garland, who is now President-elect Biden's designated choice for attorney general, urging uh, Garland to create an independent task force in the DOJ to investigate, quote, any potential federal criminal or civil violations that may have com- been committed by President Trump, members of his administration or his campaign, business or other associates. Well, that's going to have to be a pretty big task force, Ben. But why do you find it necessary to send this letter? I mean, can't we presume that the Biden DOJ will, in fact, move to investigate all manner of potential uh, Trump crimes? Well, one would hope. And and just to clarify really quick, Brad, the it may need to be a big task force, but part of what we were recommending was a task force that could coordinate investigations that, that may be going on, and some of them we know have been going on, in different divisions of the Justice Department around the country. Mm-hmm. For example, the U.S. Attorney's Office in the Southern District of New York has had uh, a number of investigations that relate to criminal activity of Donald Trump, uh, including, of course, the case that resulted in the prosecution and conviction of Michael Cohen, in which Donald Trump was identified as individual one, an unidentified or Mm -hmm. slightly unidentified but well-recognized Mm co-conspirator. And so, yes, these investigations have gone on, but the reason to get to your question why there's the need to call for this uh, is we are hearing, as we often do when a Democratic administration comes into office, following a corrupt uh, and sometimes lawless Republican administration, none we've ever seen quite like this, but but there have been parallels in the past where there is a a quick call to turn the page, that all will be forgiven. And we are hearing uh, those calls broadly already. And you hear this phrase, we need to look forward, even for this from members of Congress that that are afraid to impeach, we need to look forward, not backwards. But... First of all, the criminal justice system always, to some degree, needs to look backwards uh, to adjudicate criminal activities taking place in the past. Mm -hmm. But the bigger point here is if we really want to move forward, if we really want to restore the integrity of the Department of Justice, there must be accountability for the crimes of this administration and particularly of Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. And there must be accountability for the destruction uh, that he has created to our democracy and to the Department of Justice. Uh, and so the reason we're calling for this is, is I think there is a risk that there will be this temptation to say he's out of office and let's move on. And I yeah. think that would be a grave mistake that will invite more lawless activity, that will invite more of the kind of activity we saw Uh, on Wednesday with the attack on the Capitol. Yep. I couldn't agree more, and which is why I'm so grateful uh, to uh, you guys at FSFP for always being ahead of these curves. You know, there's a lot of great groups out there. There's very few that I uh, tell our listeners to uh, please keep an eye on. Please try to support. Free Speech for People is one of them. You can find their work and uh, donate as you see fit and so forth at freespeechforpeople.org. You can and should follow them on the Twitters at FSFP. That's Free Speech for People, FSFP. And you can follow Ben on the Twitters as well. He is Ben 
T. Clements. Ben, always great speaking with you, sir. Keep up the good work, and I suspect we'll have a lot to talk to you about in the very near future. I'll look forward to it. Thank you very much, Brad, and thank you for the, uh, the kind words and the support. You bet. Thank you. Okay, uh, take a quick break here. And by the way, uh, Desi Doyen, not a moment too soon. <laughs> Randy Rainbow is back to oh, take yay. us out of this hellish week. That is straight ahead on the broadcast. I'm Brad Friedman. Don't touch that dial. <laughs> Five major corporations now control more than 80% of the media in the United States, but they don't control us. The Bradcast and the Green News Report are 100% independent, 100% listener-supported. But we can't do it alone. We need you. Please help us bring real facts to listeners at independent stations around the nation. You can make a difference. Support independent media. Drop by bradblog.com donate. That's bradblog.com donate. And thanks. Why are there so many songs about rainbows? Yeah. And what's on the other side? You know, there are so many songs about rainbows, but there's not nearly enough songs by Randy Rainbow. (laughs) Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. We will now get to one that has, from Randy Rainbow, that has come in just in time, not a moment too soon, but to repeat that. Uh, Breaking news I had uh, with Ben Clements uh, just a few minutes ago. Uh, In fact, New York Times confirms Lisa Murkowski called on Donald Trump to resign and says that she may leave the Republican Party if they continue to align with Donald Trump. Wow. Also breaking from New York Times during the break there, Twitter has now permanently banned Donald Trump, citing risks of further incitement of violence from the president of the United States. That also not a moment too soon, Twitter. In fact, probably about three or four or five years too late, but we'll take what we can get. Uh, All right. Speaking of what we can get, we can get the latest. Oh, man, this is a good one from the great Randy Rainbow. stolen by emboldened radical left Democrats, which is what they're doing, and stolen by the fake news media. A Twizzler with no proof. Sounds like a horrible idea for a musical, no? (laughs) Or at least a horrible idea for a president. Well, in just a couple weeks, he won't be anymore. And whether you're happy about it or not, there are rules that must be followed. Like my personal rule of not repeating a song I just parodied a few months ago, but you people won't stop f***ing DMing me to request it, so here we are. More importantly, you ask, how does a desperate lame duck president and his bootlicking minions with no hope or evidence try to overturn an election they've clearly lost multiple times? I can tell you in one way. We will not take it anymore. Sedition! 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 Huh? Look it up. Sedition! Girl. Sedition! Sedition! We had an election that was stolen. Sedition! La 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 la! fraudulent election who would attempt to rally up a mob and try to stage a coup to steal a fair election who's so fuck he couldn't hold his job he's begging like a little bitch 
This is my opportunity to stand up. Ambition. Election. This was a fraudulent election. Sedition. I need 11,000 votes. Give me a break. He says he only needs 11,000 votes to win. He swears they stuffed the ballot box, but girl, they didn't. Delusion. Sedition. Election. The election that just occurred, quote, was rigged. The Constitution clearly states it's time that he can see. Maybe once they lock him up, he'll finally learn to read. Where? In prison. In prison. Oh, I hear they do a nice spread. Sedition. <laughs> Transition. Nobody knows what the hell is going on. Sedition. We will never concede. Who would attempt to carry a Sedition, his lies would be as shady as a Twitler with no proof. This was a fraudulent electoral buy. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, Randy Rainbow. Indeed. That helps. Thank you also, Desi Doyen, my producer, to my guest today, Ben Clements of freespeechforpeople.org, and to all of you for spending a portion of your day or night with us. It is always greatly appreciated. It is always an honor. If you missed any portion of today's show or any other, you can download any of them anytime, uh, going back years for free at bradblog.com. You can uh, also drop me email. I am bradcast at bradblog.com. And on the Facebooks and the Twitters, I am simply the Brad Blog. And of course, all of this is made possible by those of you who stop by bradblog.com slash donate to help keep us going. Thank you. All right, that's it. Until we meet again, I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world. La, 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 la.